problem isn't that you don't have that supply. The problem is where do you get the prerequisite knowledge before you jump ship, before you actually start your investing journey? Because these are fairly complicated, uh, fairly dense concepts. You're probably not going to time the market. What's more important is time in the market. everybody, today I have a very special guest, uh, Sanan D'Souza, who is the co-founder of Investors Lounge. Uh, that happens to be the platform that is making investing easy in Pakistan. You might not have heard about this, like what is investing in Pakistan? What are the options to invest in Pakistan? How does Insan ke itne hote? Considering the circumstances we're in, uh, considering what's happening in the market right now, globally as well as nationally, locally in Pakistan, um, I know that a lot of people are afraid on where to put their money, how to start investing, uh, what is the cap? What are the ticket sizes? Minimum kya hai? Maximum kya hai? Am I ready? Am I not ready? And Senan is here to answer all those questions. Uh, so yeah, Senan, thank you for coming. And uh, I'm hoping it's going to be a really good episode. So feel free to stay tuned till the very end. And uh, I'm sure you'll be gathering a lot of nuggets of wisdom. Thank you so much for having me, Zania. Um, been following your investing at 25 for, for a bit now. I've known you for longer. Really, really happy to see how far you've come in, in, in your own personal journey. And doing so well for yourself. Um, so, hi everyone. My name is Sanjay D'Souza. I am a co-founder uh, to a company, to a financial education company called Investors Lounge. Uh, what we do is we take pre-recorded, world-class quality courses, just like masterclass. If you've heard of that, Udemy, all of those things. We pair that up with financial analytics, with visualization tools, with financial uh, research and gamification. So that we can teach Pakistanis, for now, just Pakistanis, how to invest their savings intelligently mm -hmm. in the local financial markets. Well, we feel that's been missing in terms of, you know, when you look globally, when you look even regionally, uh, states have legislated financial education at the high school level. Mm -hmm. That's never been the case with Pakistan. This is going to be the first generation, I believe, that's yeah. going to be sort of... Uh, given that kind of financial education on mass, and that is going to lead to, to better financial prospects in, in the future, better financial journeys in the future. Uh, we're working with quite a few uh, associations, educational institutions, that's our line of attack, that's our plan of attack, uh, D2C, direct as well. So anybody who's listening, you can go on to investorslounge.com, you can sign up, there's a 30-day free trial, you know, have a look, start your uh, journey of how learning how to invest but otherwise we go through companies we go through educational institutions we go through um, you know sort of platforms like investing at 25 we have these partnerships in place so that we can have a far uh, reaching sort of ambit in terms of who we're reaching in pakistan mm -hmm. amazing but then just to backtrack a little bit i think personally like you mentioned we've known each other for a while now but I think the viewers should definitely know more about you. You have had a tremendous journey. Uh, so maybe let's get back into that. Like, what's your background like? How did you start investing? Where did Investors Lounge even start? Like, let's get into that a little bit. Okay. So if, if I don't have to go too back far, too, too far, <laughs> sure. uh, 2013 is when I graduated from IBA with a uh, specialization in finance. I did my bachelor's from there. Um, and that's pretty much when I realized despite being in the top, pretty much the top business school in Pakistan, having a specialization in finance, we had never gone over the basics of all, all of what we had taught. So let's say discounting cash flows, basics of finance, basics of corporate finance. But we were missing everything that would be applicable to our personal lives. Mm -hmm. 
I would be good enough to sit across the table from a financial industry, financial services industry employer and be able to answer their theoretical questions. But did I know how to do my own taxes? Did I know what the Pakistan Stock Exchange was, how to invest in local markets? When I would have a certain amount of savings, and that is going to be fast, right? Once you graduate um, in, the, in the first two or three years, you start building savings. What am I supposed to do with those savings? So that kind of knowledge had never been imparted. So this is this dates back to 2013, took a bit of time. But our, our journey started about 2016, because during that entire time, even though we had passion to build something that would democratize financial literacy across Pakistan, there were roadblocks that as a startup, we would not be able to get across. Mm -hmm. There are things that we could not control. So for example, yeah. if you wanted to start off, if you wanted to open up a brokerage house account, if you wanted to open up, you, you wanted to buy a financial product, the amount of documentation required, the amount of steps, the amount of signatures that were required were so many that that would scare most people off. And I'm, by most, I mean nine out of 10 people off. Yeah. And that is one of the major reasons why, despite having its almost 60 plus year history, and the fifth most pop, being the fifth most populous country in the world, you're stuck at a capital markets inclusion uh, number of 285,000 stock market investors uh, total. That is abysmal. That is disappointing. That is, if I have to put a, a, an adjective to it, that is embarrassing, right? Sri Lanka, which is probably smaller or less populated than Karachi, might have, I think, six to eight times more uh, capital market investors wow. in the region world below us. That had to change, but we had to fight our time. So we, what we did, we started off by being a financial institution uh, enabler or partner in terms of building a low cost Bloomberg order. So to 10,000 rupees per analyst, per fund manager, per whatever you are, and you had this fancy tool, very intense, very in-depth tool that could help you do post-mortem and prediction of where the market was going. Post-COVID, once the regulators really got into it, digitization happened, online account openings happened, we believe that this is now the time where, if not now, then when, right? We could wait for another five, seven years for things to be absolutely perfect. But now the tide is generally in our favor. During this, I also uh, had, whether the fortune or misfortune, to also complete my master's from... <laughs> University of San Francisco. Uh, it happened. It was a very interesting experience. I uh, wouldn't say it was uh, ideal, but it was an interesting experience because it happened during COVID times. I was selected for the Fulbright program. Uh, very few people are, so I was lucky to get in there. What happened was the campus in San Francisco, the University of San Francisco, the campus was closed. Right, was shut down. Nobody was meeting anybody. So within my one year of masters, for about eight months, I think the we, we weren't going anywhere to the United States. The last four months when they did open up and when visas came through, it was just a matter of if I go now, right now, I'm not going to meet anybody. The, the, the prime objective of going on a cultural program, going for your master's, going to a place like San Francisco, which is fantastic for startups, is if you can meet people and network. Uh, once that was, once that window, once that door was shut down, I was like, let's say back in Pakistan, let's give more time to Investors Lounge. Let's carry on with this journey. And, and, and I did it remotely. Still happy because I'm still connected to a lot of VCs, connected to a lot of peers across uh, the, the world. 
the curriculum was brilliant. So yeah, so in terms of academic and professional journey, yeah. that's what we did at. Amazing. I think I really want to start off with Investors Lounge, uh, while aside, uh, Sinan, like maybe if you can talk more about what exactly does Investor Lounge offer in terms of if somebody signs up, uh, what can they expect from the platform in terms of learning, in terms of trading, in terms of investing, like what is there uh, that they can try out? So I'll try to, uh, to sort, sort of break this down and make it as simple as possible. We're of the opinion that Pakistan does not have an issue of, too big an issue of financial products and systems being in place. They are in place. Uh, you have the stock market, you have mutual funds, you have national savings, uh, you have commodities, everything most by and large is open. Mm -hmm. And you have about 200 plus brokerage houses, maybe 20 top tier brokerage houses, whatever, right? The problem isn't that you don't have that supply. The problem is where do you get the prerequisite knowledge before you jump ship, before you actually start your investing journey, because these are fairly complicated, uh, fairly dense concepts right. that people off. Because the basics of financial literacy, like if you go and ask people what compounding interest is, compound interest is, or what a stock market is, or what a CDC is, or what an NCCPL is or what trading or leverage, these basic things that should have been done with in eighth, ninth, 10th grade, maybe. Those things are missing. Now they're expecting somebody to flip a switch and start uh, you know, investing uh, you know, in a jiffy. That's not going to happen. And if that's going to happen as well, whatever number of people it has, like 300, 400,000, that's not going to end well. So every broker who has the aspiration of being the next Robin Hood, um, every new financial institution that's coming up with these cool apps, if you do not have the prerequisite education and training layer in place that can help people build competence and confidence in markets, in what they're doing, it's no use. Mm -hmm. That's like saying I ask, anybody ask any one of us, to start doing a machine learning project, right? Without having ever experienced how to code or what it is. So what we did was we built this, we pivoted to D2C, Investors Lounge back in 2021, I think early. So if you sign up to Investors Lounge in that free trial that you have, whether it's going to be 30 days or seven days, we're going to sort of uh, reach that uh, conclusion very soon. But right now you have a free trial, you come up. There are six pre-recorded courses. That's about each course is about two hours each. So money mindset, achieving financial freedom, stock trading 101, fundamental analysis, introduction to financial statements, and technical analysis. So your basics are covered. It's a course, each course is about two hours, let's say, split into 10, 12 short videos, bite-sized videos that you can you know, consume anywhere on your phone, on your laptop. All we ask of you is spend 20 minutes each day looking at that lecture. The lectures have sheet worksheets and small projects and small things that you can take home and actually start doing because what we believe is experiential learning, right? So those course layers covered. Every financial detail, so financial market data, research, uh, analyst recommendations, all of those are on the platform. So if you want to go ahead and say, okay, I've understood the market. What are professionals saying about XYZ stocks? What is the market looking like? What are charts looking like? That's all covered. 
Then there are small competitions or open gaming leagues that you can participate in with about a million rupees in virtual cash. And there's a reward at the end of this. So we've sort of incentivized people, okay, start learning, right? This is free money. Yep. Start, get done with it. Try and be good at this and we will reward you with it. So you can end up making some money by, by learning and we will take this two steps forward. I have plans to take this two steps forward to incentivize every step of the learning process this way. So it is essentially, as much as we talk about finance, this is an ed tech company that's enabling financial services or fintech to happen across Pakistan by building those basic rails that have been missing for so many years. And then there's one question, and I think it's a frequently asked question. What are the options that people have living in Pakistan in terms of investment? I think one commodity that everybody talks about day in, day out, left, right, center is the real estate, which scares some people off. to get into real estate, you know? And then you need to scout these barriers and the DHAs and try to, you know, like get into like the Gulberg Greens of the of the country. But it's hard. It's tough because it's not for everyone, right? Uh, so what options are available in Pakistan uh, that people can opt for depending on, you know, different uh, potential like purchasing powers, the risk capacities, and you know all these things that you need to compensate in terms of making an investment decision in the first place. So, so I'm, I'm I'm very happy that the way you broke it down. We have a we have a fetish for real estate. Pakistanis have a fetish. Uh, they fantasize about real estate, and most most recently cryptocurrencies. And there's not a lot of wrong with that, but that does come at a cost. Mm -hmm. the, the the first thing that you have to understand is. Uh, if I start off from real estate, is what you mentioned, is the ticket size is not for everyone. Uh, not everybody has 6 million, 8 million, 10 million, or whatever to get into real estate. Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't want to comment on the quality of projects that you can even get into if you do not have a sizable amount of, of savings. Then a lot of people, because it's not public market data, mm -hmm. this is a very important point. Because it's not public market data, what people do is, uh, there's a bit of survivorship bias to it. There's a, a lot has to do with, you do not hear enough about people who've actually lost a lot of money in being defrauded, fake cases, in projects that have been stuck because of NOCs or failed NOCs or whatever. All of these things, once you take into account, you say, okay, I put 8 million into this and now for some reason it's been seven years and I don't know what the status of the project is. So those are all risks that people should consider. So let's keep that and we'll come to that again. The options that people have, and especially with the context that we are, the stage that we are right now, we are at a stage where there are interest rates have peaked probably 21, 22%, right? First, again, before that, rightly put by you, you have to consider what your financial goals are, what your risk-taking appetite is, and that will be determined a lot by the amount of savings that you have, the age that you're at in your investing journey, right? A lot of those things. One thing that we forget is, and I'm trying to force this in before I forget is, you have to understand that even financial behavior, financial IQ, a lot of this is genetically coded as well. A lot, if if we we are from the generation where we're looking to break, you know, whether it's trauma, generational trauma, all of those things, where we, because we've come to understand we are 
based on so many generations of the past, right? And the only way, it's like saying you have a predisposition uh, to, let's say, diabetes or cancer or blood pressure, right? What do you do with that information? You take that information and now you need to understand that you have to be extra careful. Let's say with your eating habits, with your exercise. Similarly, when you know that you are predisposed in terms of financial behavior, what, the, what should happen is once you understand that, you should either give more time, spend, be more judicious with how you are behaving in your personal life and kind of remodel that. Now, once you've done all that, you've taken that, you've made an honest assessment, you've taken a test and you've understood, okay, this is the kind of person I am. Uh, these are my needs. This is the time I have. This is what my age is. Now you start getting into, okay, how much of risk can I take? Okay, so that makes start stock market an option for you, right? Once the stock market is an option for you, you can directly trade in the stock market on your own, depending on whether you have the time, you have the interest, you build the interest, how many people are close to you, who you can have conversations with, how much time can you give to platforms like investors now to learn about it, or you can go for mutual funds, so equity mutual funds. Again, investing in the stock market, but a professional fund manager is doing it for you. You do not have much say in terms of what stock he buys or sells, or she buys or she sells. That's a very important point, by the way. We need a lot more she's to be in this industry. Yeah, and, and that's, I, I hope the culture, uh, the environment uh, is more conducive towards that. Because a lot, when I speak to communities, especially female-led communities, one point I always convey to them is, you are letting go of your most fundamental strength. And that is that women across the world have been shown to be better money managers. They spend more time in research, they're more judicious. So leverage on the strength that you have, get into here. So as investors now, I think we've been more focused and we've been trying to reach more and more towards, they have, a, in terms of bringing, bringing women, bringing girls more, towards this industry or just where they are, them being part of this market yes. will only benefit the market, not only in terms of in quantity, but in terms of the quality of the decisions. Mm -hmm. So stock markets, gone a rant, rant on that as well, but so yeah. you have uh, money market funds, so you have mutual funds and you have the money market, fixed income that pays you a certain interest. Again, you can go to your bank, you can go to mutual funds, you can go to the Sharia compliant way, right? So there are a certain set criteria that makes a product or uh, an asset class Sharia compliant or not. So you have a lot of every asset management company and AMC, what it's called, is about 30 plus, it's about 350 plus mutual funds right now, yeah. will have a Sharia compliant uh, sort of uh, wing to it. So you will have Sharia compliant. Go for that. If it aligns with your belief system, go for that, right? But have the knowledge where, how it suits your, your needs. Then you have national savings, you have real estate, you have so many, you have products of, you have savings accounts for in micro finance banks that might be able to pay you a higher rate of return. All of these conversations are just not happening enough. So we've, we've, we've tried to set up our podcast of our own because we feel this does not get enough airtime. So might as well give it our best. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm thankful to you to give this airtime. And I think for me as well, like I'm completely aligned on the fact that one, we do need more women in the space. I think yeah. that's what we need. And we need that more in Pakistan ever now than we did before. 
Uh, and the second thing is, yes, I think financial literacy is one thing that we're not taught in schools. We're not taught at home. Uh, there is a cultural sort of a barrier as well. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, you know, mindset shift that we need to have. And it needs to start from, you know, different platforms and different conversations like this. Something that I, I was so glad to hear, I actually, oh, uh, my, so, so we're two, uh, I have two other co-founders. One is Bakr Jafri and one is Ahmad mm-hmm. Hashmi, uh, who's the CTO. So Bakr, I was actually in this meeting. Uh, we had a, we had done a project. We, we have a collaboration with uh, Tabani School of Accountancy. That's one of the many schools and many associations like ACC, ICAP, all of these, that we have these financial literacy programs with, investment literacy programs with. And when we did it with the Bani Schools of Accountancy, those are chartered accountants, asp- aspiring chartered accountants, kids, right? So it's about 18, 20 years old. Once we were done with the first leg and it was completely on auto, I cannot stress this enough how surprised I was because normally we set up the league, we set up a WhatsApp group, we're there to support you whenever you have questions. No, we try and handhold people towards you know these learning concepts. They went on auto. They were like, okay, I have this chart. This is what my chart says. Where am I going wrong? Every day it was, we were uh, flooded with questions. But that wasn't that wasn't even the, the best part. The best part was once we were done with the first leg, the, the person who was the administrator, the manager, uh, this person came up and said, uh, I, I am very, very grateful for this. For this. And these are students who, did, who paid a thousand rupees for, per registration fee. You know, all of that. I am very grateful, uh, you know, that we've had this because the conversations on our campus have moved from Netflix and Lawn to what is in your portfolio and why are you buying XYZ stocks. So to have that cultural shift and now to take this as a model case that this is the shift, people are free to discuss Netflix, discounts, sales, Lawn, movies, whatever. But there has, there has to be time reserved in your chai sessions, in your canteens, where you need to ask your friends, what is the best opportunity? You know, what are you looking at? What is the market saying? Uh, why is this wrong? Why is this right? You know, what? Things like that to keep, those are healthy conversations to have at a very early age, that the effects of which you will see very, very soon. But in that sense, Helen, like considering the market that we're in right now, right? There's a lot of fear. Uh, people either don't want to start off right now if they haven't yet, or the ones who did start already. Primarily, I think during COVID, there was like a big, you know, like a trend and everybody started jumping into this. Uh, but those people as well now don't know what to do with their money, right? Um, so what have like what do you have to say about this in terms of considering what's happening in Pakistan? That's a separate story of its own, but then also what's happening around the world right now, whether it's crypto, whether it's the stock market in general, um, the dollar and, you know, the BRICS and all these like economic updates that we're currently living in right now. Uh, and all of this is going to impact wherever we are in the world. And of course, that's going to impact the portfolios that we hold on to. Um, so what do you have to say about that? So you're 100% right in terms of we're in times where it is pretty much difficult even for experts to pinpoint what's going to happen. Because the information, the transparency that we require isn't really there. There's a lot of uh, noise in the news. To sift through uh, that noise is not easy. And we're expecting somebody who's, who's right now pursuing their medical degree to do that oh, day in and day out. That's not right. Is there. One thing that's, again, I'm not 
too sure if it's, it's, it's right or wrong, it does take a toll on people. What's happening is this generation, Gen Z, even millennials, what's happening is they consume a lot of information, uh, whether, it's, whether it's through television or primarily through social media, right? They read a lot of news. They are consuming, even in Pakistan, the trend of consuming podcasts has been on, on, on the up, up end, right? So uptick. Um, people are consuming a lot of podcasts and a lot of podcasts. Right. People understand that there are problems. People understand that there is inflation. People understand that their money, their savings are under threat. So at the very least, it's not like they're insulated from that fear and information. That fear is there. So that is also important to push your, push that person into action. What is the next step? So they've understood, okay, our problem. This is a problem. Uh, you know, uh, the dollar is rising. The you know our savings are taking a hit or whatever. At least that part is done. Otherwise, we would have to come in and sort of uh, the the initial campaign, marketing campaign for us would be based on fear. Look, this is what is going to happen. We would sound like an insurance company. Yeah. You die and please buy our insurance. That doesn't. That's not where I want to be. Yeah. Once that is done, now I just have to say, listen you've pretty much got a realization of that things are bad. So inflation is going to be up. Your savings are going to take a hit. Things are going to get tough. Now let's have as many conversations. Let's watch as many, uh, as much as learning material. Let's get through this time, building our skills so that anytime during this tough hour, during these tough hours, and anytime in the future when such a time comes again, you are ready. You want to be in a position to make the best possible decision to either fight intelligently or back off. Freezing is an option. That is what our conversations are, right? It is difficult, but we will get through this together because, again, I will not profit because I'm not a brokerage house right now. I have no concern of how much you're trading. I will not force you to trade as much as possible. I just ask you to learn as much as possible and to take intelligent bets based on the circumstances in front of you. That is how we will ride this wave together. If you want to move into absolutely no risk, those options are available. Let's have a conversation on how you can best utilize that. Again, that has no personal interest for me, but that might make the most sense for you in your journey right now, given that your interest rates are up. But... In, also in terms of in times of conflict, in terms of when that fear is already established and they've understood that, this is the best time to also learn how to navigate volatile markets, right? When markets get better uh, or when you feel that you have, uh, you know, you should be into the market, go into that time. At the end of all of this, again, there is a disclaimer that needs to be written on your front desk if you're getting into this you're probably not going to time the market. What's more important is time in the market. So over the course of many cycles, years, if you've built your investing IQ, and if you stay the course in the market, then you're going to be in a much better position. You're not going to, based on this everyday trading hours, that's not going to be good, good for your mental health either. True. Oh my God, that is the most important part. And thank you for highlighting that. I really like that little quote that you mentioned, Sanan. I don't know, it's not about timing the market, but the time in the market. I love that. I feel like I'm just going to plaster it <laughs> on this video because it's amazing. And it eloquently really describes the whole situation really well. 
I think a core cheese and an out of personal curiosity and learning as well. I think what I do really like um, in terms of investing, yes, it does come through conversations, conversations with friends, conversations, listening to conversations with people who you might not have access to, but exactly like you said, podcasts, videos, interviews, things like that. If you have friends who are in the field, you can also talk to them about that. So I think I'm going to use this conversation as a leverage as well. And I will ask you about your investing style. You don't have to give in the details, but you know, how has that changed over time? Or what do you, what are your sort of, you know, like strategies to get in, get out? Like, how does that work for you? So yeah, that's as far as the investing boot camps are concerned for investors. Out. In terms of my own investing sort of journey, because we, uh, you know, finance background and all. And so because you specialize in finance, you have a lot of people who are in brokerage houses who join investment banks and all of those. So the the, the start at least was, uh, where do I get the best, most educated tip from, mm. right? This tip culture is, uh, why do I spend so much time learning? You know, I might as well just ask somebody, you know, STQT is the name of a stock, let's say. I just came up with that to avoid any uh, SECP getting on. But I've heard that somebody says it's going to be, uh, you know, it's 350 right now, it'll go to 700. Mm -hmm. What happens is people can uh, manufacture fake uh, notices, fake announcements. Uh, You really don't know if some trader just has said, I know somebody who's going to buy this at this and sell it at this. I just focused on what is most convenient for me. But in this entire entire journey, what I learned is there is a trade-off between convenience and you know uh, ending up being successful in terms of your investing. Uh, you don't want to go in too deep because that would mean the the first thing I ask people is uh, how invested do you want to be emotionally into this because that will take a toll also on your day job, on whatever else you want to do in life. Financial literacy essentially is about getting the best outcomes out of life, right? So if you are ruining your day job, your relationships, everything, by just focusing on a trade screen, that's not gonna happen. So that that education that came through experience, now we are all in better position to say, listen, this is what's happened across thousands of traders in the world, has happened personally. Focus first on analyzing who you are as a person, what you want out of life, what you want out of your financial goals, then move, build your skills towards these asset classes, practice a bit, and then start deploying a little bit of capital, start moving around, you will make a few mistakes. That's why we've created a simulation as well, that you make most mistakes on virtual money, but eventually you're gonna also make mistakes on actual money, that's okay. As as long as you build discipline, whether it's fitness, gym, uh, meditation, yoga, all of these things that you're doing generally in life is about creating that discipline. Right? It's about creating discipline, but also a prerequisite is discipline. That's 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 how it is. This is the same, uh, it's the same uh, year as well, right? So build that discipline so that you can say, okay, I don't need to look at this so much. I know my basics. I know my fundamentals. I have a look at the news. I have a sense of things. I have these tools like investors launch to have a look at what's going on, who's saying what, and I will make that decision. And essentially, it's not a bad race. I don't have to sit at Chai and discuss whose portfolio is up by whatever God knows what percentage. That so when when you when you sit with uh, with your friends at Chai, uh, you and and somebody discusses that portfolio up by I don't know 70, 80 odd percentage, which in in all likelihood they're lying about. You should have that understanding that your competitor, your benchmark is maybe the index. Your benchmark is the goals that you had set rather than some person 
taking God knows how much risk on leverage to make that insane amount. That's what happened with crypto. Everybody was, uh, you know, uh, fixated on uh, this person made 40%, I will make 100%, this can make 700%. Everybody was fixated on that. And people lost money left, right, and center. Because that's not sustainable. That's not how markets are supposed to function. Choose uh, your goals very intelligently. Uh, understand the risk that every financial product come, comes with, every asset class comes with, and learn to tame, you know, you, you can't tame every beast. So uh, you know, pick and choose carefully. Um, I've, I've, I've heard of people who've invested 80-90% of their savings in cryptocurrencies. While I was like, every, I think every financial advisor would have said, Listen, if you want to do cryptocurrency, that's fine. That's okay. This is your generation. Maybe we're wrong about things. This is giving you good stellar returns. Perfect. But choose, even in the stock market, choose money to put in that if you lost the next day, you would not lose sleep or, you know, your mental health over. At least that's right. Rather than going for 90%, it should have been 5, 7, 8, 10% tops of your, of your savings understanding whether so, so so those kind of things the quicker people know uh the better but we still as a company we still have to uh, figure out how how to because essentially whether i call it an edtech company or a fintech company all of these are these are these things are uh terminologies but we had a behavioral change company we want to focus on, if I am talking to someone, uh, it's not only going to be out of courses or data or gamification, all of those things. I have to find and figure out ways in which I can give changing Sanya's financial habits and investing IQ, improving that, I have to give that the best shot. So I have to figure out how to build my product in a way, how to deliver my service in a way, how to keep having these conversations back and forth. All of those things have to just play out in somebody's life in a way where they feel they have the money mentor that most of us have never had. And by that, I mean almost anybody does that. So that's, that's the idea. That is very true. And I think this is the perfect segue that brings me down to the point of why are we even on the same page, not just as humans, but also with the platforms that we're building at the moment. Uh, investing at 25 and then Investors Lounge, we've partnered recently in terms of you know bringing that sort of content uh, that talks about financial literacy, that talks about not compromising your mental health over making these short-term gains or quick wins, as we call it, in whatever market you opt for, whether it's a stock market, crypto market, whatever it is, the uh, But thank you so much for you know just having that sort of an open mindset, uh, Sanan. And I think this is what we're talking about, you know, the behavioral change, which comes through conversations in podcasts, newsletters. Uh, content on social media, content that we consume on our feeds on a daily basis, right? If we only see ads on the lawn, we will content ko apne diverse on our feeds, that is how we're going to learn, you know? And it's perfectly fine, you know, to have that sort of a diversification in your feed as well. It's all good. I mean, if you want to entertain, go, go for entertainment as well, but education should be a part of that. And I think this is where we're coming in together. So I think I'm super excited for what's coming next. And uh, yeah, I think on both sides, people are going to be enjoying some really good content coming soon, inshallah. Thank you so much for having me, Sanya. I, I keep writing, keep publishing the, content, the amazing content that you, that you guys are already putting out there. Keep doing it for Investors Down. I'm, I'm really, really happy um, that we've had this, this partnership. I hope this really kicks in 
a new era for this, for, for at least getting the first steps of financial literacy across to this entire generation of people. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Anand. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you.